Amen. How's everyone doing this morning? Did you make it through the time change okay? I've just caught up to it because we're on Eastern Standard Time, so it just feels like normal time to me now. <laughs> Wonderful. As Pastor Randon said, my name is Damon, and I have the joy to uh, pastor uh, one of the newer Triumph churches in Washington, D.C., but my roots are deep in the soil of Southeast Texas. And uh, Christine and I had the pleasure to serve here for, fear, for, 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 for 15 years uh, under Bishop Randy and Renee Clark, who are our spiritual mom and dad, and uh, had the joy of just developing deep relationships here for many, many years. As, as Pastor Brandon said, to have him in our youth group was just awesome. No, <laughs> no, it was wonderful. I told his son today, Brooks, I said, do you know that when your dad was in my youth ministry, he cut down the tree in my yard as a prank? The only tree I had. So he mentioned his days of thuggery, and I can attest to that. Uh, but praise God, he's the God of second chances, isn't he? No. And God gave him a wonderful wife in uh, Crystal and a beautiful family. And so Anyway, you know, there are no friends like old friends, and you can't make new old friends. So I've got friends and relationships in this church, and uh, I was thinking about it earlier in the week, but I have preached almost 700 messages uh, in Triumph Church uh, over the years that we were here, and I have had some of the best memories in my life were in the presence of God at Triumph Church. It formed who I am, it called me to where I am now, and uh, it supported me. So I'm just glad to be here. I'm honored to be with you this morning. Glad to have my whole family with me. So uh, Christine, stand up. And Danielle, this is my lovely wife of 19 years and my daughter of 16. I've got a younger son in the nursery who is uh, buddies with Parker. And they're going to have, they're going to go ahead to Nederland. So you're going to go ahead and leave now, but just wanted you to see them. They're here with me. And a younger son, nine, who is in the nurse, in the, not nursery, the kids ministry today. And then an older son who loved you guys so much, he moved back down here after being in D.C. for a few years. And he's uh, with Pastor Albert and Cassie in Nederland and preparing to do the Triumph internship next year. So uh, love you guys. So thankful. Pastor Randon is one of my dearest friends and Pastor Lindsay and Pastor Kara, and we just, we go way back. And so I love all of you guys, and it just feels great to be home. So for those of you who are new and you're like, who is this guy? I was here before you were. <laughs> but I'm so glad you made it. <laughs> and I'm so glad to be back here and just in the presence of God with all of you. Uh, it's so wonderful, and I'm so thankful to Pastor Randy Renee Clark and, and everybody for the years that they have poured into us. And so out of this, I remember when God first said to Triumph Church in one location that he was enlarging our territory to include Beaumont. And I remember walking to this building when it was the old palace and nothing looked like it does now. And I remember having my hands tearing out old uh, spindle railings from the bar and uh, praying and prophesying over this place and and I'm just honored to know that my fingerprints are all over this place and uh, you are here and you're preparing a place for people who aren't here yet and you're going to be able to say I was here and I remember when and you're going to be able to thank the Lord that you had an opportunity to help shape the culture here uh, at Triumph as well. And so we're in Washington, D.C. right now, just to give you a couple quick uh, updates. And we're so thankful uh, to be where we are. We're in the greatest city in all of the world and the hardest city in all of the world. And uh, we 
were sent there by Bishop Randy and Pastor Renee and this church to enlarge again the House of Triumph even larger, and so uh, to include Washington, D.C. So we have church. In fact, they're having church right now just a few blocks from your nation's capital. About six blocks down the road, we are having church, and Triumph is alive and well in Washington, D.C. And what I love is that Triumph in Washington, D.C. looks like Triumph here which means that we've got people on both sides of the aisle. You know we're a pretty political city, right? So we've got Republicans and Democrats worshiping together. We have people from every generation, from every nation, from every socioeconomic strata. Just this last year, it was funny, we, we got kicked out of the school that we rent over the summer because they were doing some remodeling, so we had to find another location. And so we found a school just a few blocks away that we were able to lease. And during that time there in the summer, Uh, God gave us the assistant principal and her family and the music and drama director and her family came to Triumph. I had the privilege to dedicate their babies, to baptize them, and uh, and came uh, became a part of our church. And so we've got educators that are locally there. Uh, Just uh, about maybe six weeks ago, a couple walked in who lived down the street and uh, love them. They have a little two-year-old boy named Henry. It's Keith and Rebecca. And we got to know them, and the little boy loved Danielle. And as it turns out, we found out that she is an executive for Google just down the street, and he was just appointed by Secretary, uh, by General Mattis, to be uh, the special military aide to the President of the United States. So there are five of these uh, military aides, one for each branch of the armed forces. And so he's representing the Coast Guard, And we found out that Keith, his new job, which he just started last week, will be that he is the guy with the nuclear football strapped to his arm and goes wherever POTUS goes. And he was in church, and we challenged our church at the first of the year, like you guys do and Triumph does, to pray and fast. And uh, these guys are new believers, and it was the first time he had ever fasted. And so here is this great, strong, powerful guy who is carrying the nuclear codes for the President of the United States, and I have the joy and the privilege to help him walk through committing time and prayer and fasting to the Lord. And Danielle babysits their kids, you know. And so it's wonderful because uh, the influence, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is the influence that you are having, you don't even know. So these are people in your family, and you don't even know. You don't even know them. And so I want to thank you for the, for the prayer for the support, for the way that you have given and served and prayed and strengthened us. We feel our roots are tethered here to Southeast Texas. And uh, it's so incredible that from this place, you need to know that you are influencing our nation's capital. And uh, as crazy as our landscape is today, politically, uh, geopolitically, um, with as much division, know that God is at work behind the scenes. Every week, we are, uh, we are privileged, and there is a, a friend of mine who we partner with who has a weekly worship service in the United States Capitol for members of Congress and their staff. Um, we've had the privilege to have access to pray with members of Congress, and there are Bible studies going on, and things are at work, and God's moving behind the scenes and connecting people who don't belong in the same camp, but he's putting them together. And God is doing a great work, and I believe that this is going to be a great season of renewal in our nation. And so I just want to thank you because uh, the scripture says that those who, um, who go to battle or those who send into battle share in the same spoils as those who go into battle. 
And so you may not have been able to pick up your life and move to Washington, D.C., and you may not have been able to, uh, to give your, it wasn't your calling maybe to go there and do that, but because you Good sent morning, us, everybody. you share in the spoil of battle. And the name of triumph is being spread abroad, right and left. It's so awesome. Last week, <clears throat> I got a quick text before from a girl who uh, works for Christians United uh, for Israel, which is the largest Christian evangelical pro-organization in the world. Uh, Pastor John Hagee oversees that, so you may know him. And uh, so this girl that's the Senate liaison for Christians United for Israel that goes to our church, she texted me and said, Hey, Pastor D, I'm going to be there today, and I'm bringing with me Pastor John Hagee's daughter, Sarah Hagee Parker. She's in town for a conference, and she's coming. And so in our little church on Capitol Hill, in walks in uh, Sarah, uh, who, who actually oversees their whole global organization, uh, for Christians United for Israel, and she got up and shared how that she had heard about our church from six or seven different people, and at their board of directors meeting in San Antonio, they were talking about people with Triumph DC, and it was just wonderful to see that the Word of God and the seed of Triumph, the DNA that started right here in Nederland and then spread to Beaumont, spread to Sugarland, Angleton, and in all of our sister and daughter churches, is also taking root in our nation's capital. So that's all I'm going to say. I got to jump into the word today. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 54, and I want to challenge you. I want to speak to you prophetically, and I want to speak to you practically today and share with you what I believe is the word of the Lord for me this year, for our church, and by extension, I believe uh, for us as well in this house of triumph. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 and 3 is a familiar verse, but here's what I believe God is saying is that this year is a year of stretching and strengthening. This is a year to be stretched and it's a year to get strong. It's a year to reach beyond what you thought you could do and it's also a year to plant your roots deeper because you can't get broader unless you get deeper. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 says this, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. It says, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Shout, I've got to stretch. This is a year to stretch and it's a year to get stronger. I was playing as I was uh, working on the message, and I saw this rubber band or a rubber band like this on my desk, and I realized that a rubber band is designed and destined to be stretched. You never look at a rubber band and think, okay, well, this is great. Well, I need to find something about this size, and that's what this belongs around. But you always look at a rubber band and say it's designed to be stretched because you'll never know the, the potential of a thing until it's stretched. You'll never know the capacity of what something can hold until it's stretched. You'll never, this rubber band will never reach its potential, its destiny, until it's stretched. But it can do more than you think it can do. It can hold more than you think it can hold when it is stretched. And so I feel like that the Lord is saying to us today that we, this is a year for us to be stretched beyond what we think that we can be stretched. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. He says, I need you to, to expand your life. I need you to open your life up to new things. 
And he says, I want you to let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. I love it because it's a command that's active, first of all, enlarge. But then it's also, there's a passive element that you have to let your curtains be stretched out. So there are some things that you have to do to be stretched, but there are some also things that you have to allow to be done unto you. But I love it because he doesn't say, you need to stretch, so let me give you some new tent curtains. He says, I need you to let the curtains you have just be stretched out. What this tells me is that you and I are bigger than you think you are. God says, you think you're at one size, but if you'll intentionally enlarge yourself, if you'll allow yourself to be stretched, you're bigger than, than you think you are. And he says, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Here's what I believe the word of the Lord is saying to us is that you're bigger than you think you are, but you're also stronger than you think. You see, sometimes when we're stretched, we're like, oh, I don't want God to stretch me too much because I don't want to break. Have you ever felt like when you're being stretched that you may actually pop like a rubber band? But God's saying, listen, let him stretch you because you're stronger also than what you think you are. And you're more powerful than you can imagine. He says, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad. So I want you to get ready this year to be stretched like never before. I want you to understand that God, that that you are bigger. You have more potential. You have more capacity than what you ever think that you have. But you're stronger than what you believe too. You can take more than you think you can take, but you have to allow God to open you up because you'll never know the potential of what God has called you to do until you're stretched. You'll never know your capacity until you're stretched. So I just want to pass that along. That's not the message today, but I want to pass that along. Allow God, look for God to stretch you this year because I believe God wants to do something great. You know, the scripture says that you can't put new wine into old wineskins right? Because when wineskins get old, they lose their ability to stretch and they can't contain it. They burst. So God's got to give us new paradigms, new mentalities. We got to open ourselves up to try new things, to stretch in new ways this year. But here's what I've also learned is that new wineskins eventually become old wineskins. So you can't just say, oh, well, I stretched one time but I'm not going to stretch anymore. We have to continually allow ourselves like this rubber band. Some of you say, oh, well, that's what's been happening to my life so far this year, right? God is stretching us, but you're stronger and you're not going to break. Can you shout amen? Amen. Now, turn to Acts chapter 3, and I want to give you a couple of ways that God uses to stretch us in our lives. I want to give you three ways that God stretches us, three things that God uses to stretch us in our lives, because if you're going to be all that God's called you to be, if you're going to accomplish his purpose for your life, you have to get ready to be stretched. One of my favorite stories is what we're going to read here in Acts chapter 3. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And it says, and a lame man from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering into the temple. And it says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him as John did and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any. He says, I have no silver and no gold, but what I do have, somebody shout what I do have. 
Now, I just love this because Peter and John are together and they're going up to the temple, right, to pray. And so I just love that because they're with the right people and they're in the right place and they see this lame man, they're at the right time, and he's looking at them expecting something and they're looking at him expecting something. But instead of doing what you and I do most weeks, they do something different. See, many times we're looking at what we don't have, and he asked them for something that they did not have, but instead of focusing on what they didn't have, they said, well, I don't have that, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And sometimes we focus all the time on what we don't have, and God doesn't ask us for what we don't possess, but he asks us to surrender what we do have. And so he says, and in verse 6 it says, but Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. One translation said he stretched out his hand and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones were made strong and leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And he recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Everybody say what had happened at what had happened to him. This is an incredible story with so many truths, but I just want to share with you from this story how God stretched Peter and John, how he stretched this lame man, and how I believe he's going to use some of these same things to stretch you and I this year. First of all, I want you to notice that one of the things God uses to stretch us is people. Everybody shout people. And not just any people, but a partnership. It says Peter and John we're going up to the temple. Now, I love this because Peter and John are not just buddies who are exactly alike, but they're two totally different characters. If you look throughout Scripture, you'll realize that there couldn't be any more polar opposite people than Peter and John. I mean, Peter was the outspoken kind of foot, open mouth, insert foot guy. He was the guy who promised that he would follow Jesus but denied him uh, before the rooster crowed. He was the guy that cut off the ear of the soldier that came to, to, to collect Jesus from the garden. I mean, he was just brash. He was outspoken. And then you've got John. And John is the quiet guy. John is the guy that when you see him, he's leaning on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. John is the beloved disciple. John is the one that's cool and calm and collected. And so if you can imagine Peter and John buddies together, I'm sure they butted heads a lot. But they're going back, they're going up to the temple, the quiet guy, the outspoken guy. And they encounter this guy and a miracle happens in chief because of people who are in partnership together. And I want you to understand that the dynamic that produced this miracle was not just two random people, but their distinctiveness is what made their partnership strong. You see, if you want to stretch in your life, you got to get hooked up with people, but not just any person, people who are different from you. You see, we like people like us. In fact, if you look at all your friends, most of them are going to be just like you because we just are so infatuated with ourselves. We like people like us, so we hang out with people like us. They're our friend group. But God wants us to connect with people who are different from us so he can stretch us and use us to do great things. Because here's one thing that I know. You cannot stretch without people. No man is an island, and you cannot stretch without people. And let me even just say this. You can't stretch without the right people. It takes the right people, people who are different from us, people who are complementary to us, but not exactly like us. 
One of the most horrible things you could do if you're looking for a mate, some of you single people, is to look for somebody just like you. God help us, I would never want to be married to somebody just like me. I want somebody different who's going to stretch me, who's strong where I'm weak, and who's weak where I might be strong. And so Peter and John had this partnership, but the paralyzed guy also had a partnership. In fact, it says that there were some friends that would bring him every day and lay him at the gate of that temple because his friends would carry him to the temple gate and they would help him out. And you need people in your life to stretch you, but you also need people to help you get to where you need to be. Now, I think it's interesting, though, also that though these friends helped him, they couldn't heal him. They could get him into the right environment, but they couldn't solve his greatest problem. And so God is using this and because people can only get you so far. And that's why I like to say everybody needs three types of relationships. You need an upline, you need a downline, and you need a sideline. You need someone who is, who is at a higher level than you are. Someone who you're reaching to who can lift you up. Someone who's more spiritually mature, more financially adept, more successful in their career. Somebody who's, more, who's stronger relationally than you. That you can grab a hold of their hand and they can lift you up. But if all you have is an upline, then you'll be a little bougie, a little arrogant. You'll be a social climber. You'll always be trying to get somewhere that you haven't, haven't uh, been before. And you'll use people for what you think they can give you. That's why you also need a downline. Everybody shout a downline. See, you need one hand up, but you also need one hand down where you're lifting up someone who is below you, who's at a, who's at a different level than you are, who is at a level aspiring to be where you are. You need someone that's helping you, and you need to be helping someone else. But if all you have is a downline, then you're going to be depressed, you're going to be stressed out, you're going to be giving yourself to people all day long and feeling like a martyr, being pitiful, and all those kind of things. So you've got to have an upline and you've got to have a downline, but you also have to have a sideline. And that's where this partnership is coming into play with Peter and John, where you have peers who will strengthen you, who will encourage you. People who are in the same season who says, okay, let's do it, we're going to do it together. Shout Amen. But if all you have is a sideline, then you're going to be content. You're going to be closed because sometimes your greatest peers won't push you into the next that God has Good for you. Good morning, everybody. It is a it's great a comfort Sunday zone. Here in so Peter and John needed each other to do what God's called them to do, but the lame man needed his friends. But Peter and John had a tether to Jesus, but they also had a hand down to lift up this man who was lame. Somebody shout, stretch me, Jesus. Because when God wants to stretch you, he's always going to send a person. So if you have a new relationship that comes into your life, if God introduces you to someone, then you need to say, okay, Lord, in what ways do you, have you destined for this person to help me stretch? You can't have, if you close yourself off and don't good build morning, any everybody. new relationships, you'll always be Sunday the same here. size. You'll be it's like this rubber band, which is no good until it's stretched. So we've got to continually open up our world, as the scripture says, enlarge our tent. Let ourselves be stretched out. Look for people that God may use to stretch us. Another thing that God will use to stretch us is problems. Everybody shout problems. This is one where the amens get really low, so I need you to help me out here. But we can't deny in this story that a miracle happened, but for this miracle to happen, there had to be a problem. And the problem was there was a man who was paralyzed. Now, he was healed immediately, but what we forget is that he was paralyzed for 40 years. Later in the next chapter, we realize that this man was paralyzed from his mother's womb. For 40 years, this man had a problem. 
Now, sometimes when problems come into our lives, we would, we would never think that the, these problems are what God may use to actually stretch us. In fact, sometimes I've found myself being guilty of trying to diagnose the problem more than just thank God for using it to stretch me. I want to know, oh my gosh, what's, what's this problem about? And then who is it? Have you ever played the, the whose problem is it game where you're like, is this from God? Is this from the devil? Is this some stupid thing I've done? Why is this problem here? And we go, get so fixated on why this problem is here that we don't realize the problem is here. But to God, every problem is just an opportunity for a miracle. There would have been no miraculous event that took place if this man had not been paralyzed. Now, God never puts sickness on someone. God is not a cruel dad. He doesn't try to teach someone through sickness. But God can take the worst hand and play it to win. And God will never waste a hurt. And this, this paralyzed man had a huge problem. But no one in this scenario could have stretched unless there was a problem. Because change only happens through challenge. Change in your life and in my life only happens when we're challenged. So we have to learn how to praise the problem. Shout praise the problem. What would happen if when, God's, if, if when we encounter a problem or a difficulty in our life, instead of worrying about how it got there or why it got there or worrying about what it may do, why don't we start praising God that there is an opportunity right in our, in our, in our space for us to stretch? Oh God, you sent me this because you knew I could handle it. Oh God, this is in my place and it looks like an obstacle, but it's just an opportunity for you to work. It's just a, cha a, ch a challenge that can help me change, that can help me be all that I need to be. Because every problem is just an opportunity for a miracle and every, and every problem has the potential for something miraculous. I go way back when I start thinking worship and stuff. I was telling the team earlier today, and as I, was, as I was thinking about this message today, I thought back to an old Andre Crouch song where he said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And some of you have never even heard of a man named Andre Crouch, <laughs> but he says, I've had my share of problems, but this is what he said. He said, for if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve it. And I wouldn't know what faith in God would do. God wants to stretch us. And do you know what God will use to stretch us? He'll use a problem. And this man was paralyzed and he had a problem. But this is what I love about this paralyzed man. Though he had a problem, he didn't let his problem keep him from getting in the right place. He was paralyzed, but look at where we find him. At the gate of the temple. And what's even more conflicting about the story is that this paralytic man who has this ugly condition, he is lame. He is totally dependent upon other people. He has no ability to care for himself. He is totally at the mercy of those who would be benevolent toward him. It's an ugly situation, and it's been ugly for years. But he finds himself at the gate, and look at what the name of the gate is. It's the gate called Beautiful. Because even if we have a problem, you can get to the right place. You can get in the, in the path where you can get in the right environment. And that's why it's good to come to church even when you're ugly. 
Even when you're in an ugly situation, that's why it's good to come to church even when you're hurting because you got to put yourself in the right place where God can do a miracle for you. See, sometimes when we, things get ugly in our life, we slip out of church. Oh, Pastor Rand doesn't see you for a week. Pastor Kara misses you. Pastor Brandon doesn't see you for months. You disappear because you get in an ugly situation. But that's the time where we need to be at the beautiful gate more than any other time. Because you're not going to get a miracle sitting at home licking your wounds. You're not going to get a miracle worrying about how the problem got there. You're going to get a miracle when you allow people that you have partnered with to take you in the middle of your problem and put you in the right place at the door of the temple. Somebody shout amen. I know it's early, but I'm just getting a little bit. of Because here's the deal. If you can't change your condition, you can still change your environment. You may be battling depression. You may be battling grief or sorrow. You may be battling success, all of this success, and don't know what to do with it. And you can't change your condition. You say, God, I can't change my marriage. God, I can't change the situation with my child. Lord, I can't change this financial situation. But you can put yourself in the right environment for God to change it. Because what man can't do with 40 years of great friendships and relationships, God can do in a moment for someone in the right place. He was at the gate of the temple, and people were likely stepping over him because they saw his condition as a problem, as an obstacle. But Peter and John, who were tethered to one another, who were in the right place with the right people at the right time, saw it, and instead of stepping over him, they stretched out to help him. And he stretched his hand up to be helped. And I think that sometimes... uh, Our greatest miracles are lost because they're in places where we're just stepping over great opportunities. And we're saying, oh, well, that's not God. I'm going to step over it and go looking at this. And God's like, I put the greatest opportunity for something wonderful in your life right in front of you. And you keep stepping over it. And you're like, God, why is this obstacle right in my place? And God keeps moving it. You keep turning this way and God will pick that obstacle up and put it right here. Because he's wanting you to see what you think may be a problem could be the very thing that God is using to stretch you. But you have to get in the right place. You have to get in the right position. You have to get with the right people. We have to see that God is the God of the extraordinary, right? But you know what I found out? Is the extraordinary always happens within the ordinary. God always does something extraordinary from the ordinary place. In fact, God enters into the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. You think about Moses in the burning bush, the bush is burning, and it's just a normal bush caught, bush is caught on fire in the desert all the time. But it was in that ordinary scenario that God came and did something great. We got to get with the right people and we got to start learning to praise the problem because the problems are things that God uses to stretch us. And then the last thing that I love is that we have to pay the price. So if God wants to stretch us, we've got to get connected with the right people. He's going to use people to stretch us. We've got to get with people who are different than we are. We've got to rub shoulders with people that are, that are opposite than us, that are, because our strength is in our distinctiveness. You know what I love about church, about the body of Christ? Not just this church, but any gospel church, any New Testament church. 
is that you folks would never even know each other if it weren't for Triumph Church Beaumont. You would never even be sitting next to someone that you're sitting next to. You wouldn't be in a life team with somebody that you're in a life team if it weren't for this church. But God's body, he takes the many and he connects people that we wouldn't think would ever be connected because there's something beautiful that he's bringing out of a distinctive partnership that he can use us to stretch into all he has called us to stretch into. But with every time that God stretches us, there's always a cost. There's always a price. You can't stretch without a cost. It may be a physical cost. If you want to stretch, you know, I wouldn't know, but I I hear from people who work out. I wouldn't know it. But from people who lift weights, they tell me that when when you lift weights, you're stretching your muscle and you're actually breaking down that fiber. And when it reconstitutes, when it comes back together, it's stronger. But there's a physical price to pay when you stretch. It hurts. Somebody shout amen. And when God wants to enlarge you, you look at the situation and say, oh God, this is miserable. And we bought into the lie that thinking that God's business is all about making us happy, healthy, and wise, and wealthy, and there's never any problems. And if anything crummy happens, then we must be out of the will of God or made God mad. Baloney. God allows difficult situations in our lives and he sends difficult things and difficult people because he wants us to stretch to be all that he's called us to be. The times that I look back over my life that I have grown the most are the times that in the middle of that, I thought I was about to die. I said, God, if you don't save me, I'm going down. This is either, either going to be really good or really bad. The times that I was in physical stress, that I was in emotional stress, These last few years, even in Washington, D.C., have been the toughest years of my life. But God has stretched me, and he's linked me up with people that I would have never been linked up with. And I've fought problems and devils that I never knew existed. But through it all, as Andre Crouch would say, I've learned to trust in Jesus in ways in the fire that I never knew how to trust him when everything was okay. Because it's in the night season that God does his stretching work. Because when God stretches us, he enlarges us. This man had a price to pay. Can you imagine being lame and your whole identity was wrapped up in your inability to to care for yourself? And and all you could do was be dependent upon everybody else with a handout. And now, guess what, lame man? There's a cost to pay. you got to go get a job now. Guess what? You've got to discover who am I now that I'm not the lame man because God changed his identity, but he opened him up to something great. Peter and John, from this one occasion, they did something good, and guess what? They arrested him for it. Have you ever done something really good and then paid a price for it? They arrested them, commanded them, don't you preach anymore in the name of Jesus, and they said, we're going to obey God, not you. There was a price that was paid, but because Peter and John stretched, because this lame man stretched out his hand one more time. Can you think about how many times this man had to stretch out his hand from the floor? Everybody in his life was at a higher place than he was. Everybody was doing better than he was, and he was always reaching up. The emotional duress, one more time reaching up, expecting to get his next meal. But God had something totally different in mind. There was a price that had to be paid for them to stretch. And here's what I love about this, because until until you and I are willing to pay the price to be stretched, we'll never grow. We'll never be who God's called us to be. 
And you say, oh, Pastor Damon, I've heard this message before. Yeah, because guess what? God's always saying to us, stretch. Oh, this is a great place in my life. And God says, time to stretch again. Oh, but we just got back into the right shape. And God says, you were never designed to be this shape. This is just a shape when you're not working, when you're not functioning the way I've called you to be. This is what you are, but you're called to be this. Oh God, there's a new relationship. It's time to stretch. Oh God, what is this obstacle? It's time to stretch. Oh God, I don't know if I can, if I can pay this price. And he's saying it's time to stretch. What we realize is from this lame man's healing, I love it. This lame man is healed and immediately he, his feet and his ankle bones and he runs into the temple praising God. He's a new man. He doesn't know what to do with it, but he's never had legs before. And he's using his legs and he's praising God. But then he gets, he gets a little scared because he realizes, wait a minute, I've never done this before and I don't know how long this is going to last. And the next verse we see, it, the scripture says, he clung to Peter and John. And this lame man who had just been healed, who had just been stretched, and Peter and John who had just done something, this was the first notable miracle in the New Testament church. In fact, later in Acts chapter 4, the, the people who would try to deny them said, this is a notable miracle. We can't deny it. It's, a, it's an impossible thing that has happened. And Peter stood up and he preached with a lame man clinging to him. And the message that Peter preached out of this moment of stretching with this man who was a visible symbol of God enlarging both Peter and John, God enlarging this lame man, God enlarging the New Testament church, Peter preached a message and 5,000 men alone put their faith in Jesus Christ in that moment. You see, sometimes we think that God's just being mean and wants us to stretch because he just likes to do this with a rubber band. Whoops, <laughs> this is not you, okay? It did break. But when God stretches us, he's always stretching us, not just for ourselves, but because there are people that are going to get their breakthrough because you got your breakthrough. There are people that when you stretch, now you're bigger to, to touch more people. When you enlarge, we could have stayed, let me just say this as a, as a family issue right here. We could have stayed at, at, at 1407 South Highway 69 and had the biggest church in town, the greatest revival services in town, the, the best staff in town. We could have been the biggest thing in a small city. We could have been the biggest fish in the smallest pond. But God said, stretch, and we went to Beaumont, and now there's two rooms in this one house. And then God said, stretch, and we went to Sugarland, and he sent other people out. He said, stretch, you're going to Humble. And he sent other people out. He said, stretch, you're going to Jasper. And he said, stretch, you're going to Angleton. And as church people, we're like, wait a minute. We, we thought this is what we were supposed to be, but God keeps pulling on us. And then God says, stretch, you're going all the way to Washington, D.C. And we said, okay, God, we don't know, but we've been through long enough to know that we are bigger than what we think we are, and we're stronger than what we think we are. And he saying enlarge and look at what God has done instead of impacting a handful of people in one city now God has expanded the house of triumph one house with many rooms and people that you don't even know and you may not even meet until heaven will be there because you stretched will you bow your heads with me today and I just want to challenge us to stretch today whatever is happening in your life I know this God is not finished with you if you're still breathing, God wants to stretch you. Whatever you think you're handling, you say, oh God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You're bigger than what you think you are. 
You're stronger than what you think. God is calling you. He's sending people into your life who are different from you. Don't despise their differences, but realize that God is using those distinctives to grow you, to stretch you. Father, I just thank you for each person here today, and I pray, God, that you would use us once again to stretch into all that you've called us to be. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful house of triumph that has many rooms all over the country and even the world, Lord. And I thank you that we're a part of something so big, impacting so many people because we stretch. Lord, we never want to be content, but we always want to be stretching for what you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you would just cause our tent to be let out, that you would cause our stakes to be strengthened, Lord, that you would enlarge us for your purpose. The problems that we're facing, God, let us not step over them, but let us praise you for them and through them and allow ourselves to be strengthened in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand on your feet today? I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come and present themselves today because this is what I know is that there are some situations in your life that you will never walk into the next thing that God has for you by yourself. You need somebody who can grab hands with you and come into agreement with you and say, you know what, this is what I'm believing God for. This is what I'm going through. This is what I need to change in my life. And they can lock hands with you. And just like Peter and John, it's this miraculous moment when two, two people come together believing God to do something great and miracles happen. You may be here today and you've never even placed your faith in Jesus Christ and God is calling you to stretch. Whatever it is, don't leave this place today without letting God enlarge you, without letting him break certain things off of you so he can put new things into you. So Father, I just bless your people today as we prepare to come and to respond to your word in worship. And I pray, God, that you would just release a fresh anointing of stretching upon us, God. Enlarge us so that we can be all that you've called us to be. Strengthen us, Jesus, so that we can carry what you've called us to carry. And make us a beautiful church, a beautiful bride, a lighthouse in this region and in others. I pray that you would just open up every life and every heart for your purpose in Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen.